Welcome to the Uncoachables pod with Matt and Milo. I'm Matt, that's Milo. And what do we got to talk about tonight? Uh, We have such a, just, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but I think first things first, before we get to the NBA Finals, um, your wonderful weekend of betting on sports and my awful weekend of betting on soccer. Um, <laughs> I think we should probably start with some MLB playoffs um, where most of these games are in their first uh, first like first go around. Um, some are in their second. Uh, I know the Cardinals and the Padres are wrapping up right now with the Cardinals leading the Padres 7-4. Um, Yankees are losing to the Indians in game 2-4-0, which don't want to talk about. Uh Cubs got yeah. wrecked today too, so it's uh, fine. It's fine. Yeah, dude, five one against the Marlins. Like, so I think that's a really good place to start. We all thought that they were going to be the dumpster fire of Major League Baseball this season. I mean, and they had somehow, like six hundred COVID cases. They're like, what? <laughs> if you were if you were the commissioner of MLB, you would have thought that the, the the whole season would have been blown apart as a result of having these motherfuckers playing baseball. One would think. Yes. Um, they said I, today at the start of the game that the Marlins had five players who have been on the active roster throughout the entire season. Five. Oh, wow. Which kind of, like, it's an interesting question, too, because, like, I wonder what that is going to translate into in terms of, like, how good is your AAA and your AA, like, to bring guys up and down. But also, like, are you exposing most of them to COVID, too? <laughs> Well, details, semantics. Yeah, right. Semantics. Yeah, I mean, clearly they had a lot of talent that they pulled up, and and some of these, especially their pitching, has come out of nowhere, and, and they have some really good. The the top end of their rotation is actually really good. I we'll find out next year how much of that is attributed to it being a sixty game season full of full of you know random variables and whatnot. Um, yeah, at least for this I, season, they've turned out pretty well. We've talked about it. I mean, this is probably the most interesting, um, probably the most interesting baseball season we could have ever had, right? So, um, if you're a team that gets hot quick and can stay hot for what what is that? A, a, a not a little bit more than a quarter year, um, you can do some damage and you can probably have some fun um, getting there. I, I mean, as a Yankees fan, I can tell you that it's been absolute dumpster fire to watch that ten game skid. And then all of a sudden to come back and win, what, eight in a row, nine in a row, and then lose the last two, whatever. Um, but all things in fairness, this has been a fun season. Um, would I do it again? Absolutely not. Yeah, hopefully we won't have no. to. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a CNN article, and I think a political, that was like, there is no more new normal. There is no new normal. Like, we're just going to have to adapt. And it's just like – you're not wrong, man. Like, you know, soccer thought that they were going to get fans in the stadium by, um, I think they were talking about, you know, November, December of this year. And there's no way on God's green earth that that's going to happen. So, um, I mean, all in all, it is what it is. But I, I do want to give one very particular shout out. Um, and, and, and that is to the Oakland Athletics, <laughs> who somehow, some way decided that they knew how to play baseball. And have tied up a series with the Chicago White Sox. Now let's hold on a second. This is not your daddy's Chicago White Sox. The Frank Thomas. They're good, uh, dude. They're not bad. They're not bad. This is going to be the year where I think a sneaky team wins the World Series. And and I have my money coming out of the. I and I know this is going to sound absolutely psychotic, but I do think it'll be a Rays Padres World Series. Be prepared for the two smallest markets on earth to get a World Series. I I mean, I don't think anybody's beating the Dodgers. I, I just it's not going to happen. If we'll find out if we'll somebody out was to beat the Dodgers, I want it to be the Padres just because that team is so fun to watch. I, I will I'm not, gonna, I will not hope for the I'm White so Sox out of the AL. It's not going to happen. I'll, I'll never, ever, ever Dude, wish good things upon the White Sox. If there's a city that deserves some sort of like sports boost, it should probably be the Milwaukee Brewers given like the national spotlight that's been on him for the last six months. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I mean, dude, listen, it's a wonky series. I don't think so. Tampa Bay has knocked out the Blue Jays already. So that's fine. Um, Marlins are up one, nothing. The, uh, the series with the White Sox and the athletics is one, one. 
Like I said, the Cardinals are probably going to take game one against the Padres. Yankees and Indians are probably going to split tonight because we suck. Uh, and unfortunately can either hit on a Monday, not on a Tuesday. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it should be fun to see how the team and, – and by the way, like, the, it's not like the Brewers have slouches on that squad either. Like, you know, Christian Yelich is still maybe one of the better hitters in baseball. He's he's hit um, pretty poorly this year, but but overall, yeah, he's still a, even even with his average this year, he's still not a guy I want to pitch to in the ninth, you know. Never, 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 and and I mean, you know, what was whatever happened earlier today um, between the uh, uh, between the Indians and and the Braves at uh, thirteen innings uh, that one nothing soccer win that they ended up getting. Oh, the the Reds out of that game. Uh, the Reds Braves, yeah, uh, you know. Listen, I don't, I don't see a world in which either two of those teams make a World Series, but um, I do, I fear that that Reds, well, that Reds starting pitching. I mean, I, Trevor Bauer's a lunatic, but I love him. <laughs> he I is. Him. The Braves. Are I don't good, want though. him on the Yankees. <laughs> you don't want him? No, no, dude. That guy in New York would be awful. He'd be like John Rocker, but every fourth day. Oh, I don't know. I think he has the attitude to just be like, "Fuck this, give me the ball, bro." I agree with you. Like, can you can New Yorkers deal with a MAGA guy? Is the question. <sighs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right. Yeah. They'd be like Trevor, no politics talk, and he'd be like, "Fuck that." He's my president. Saw this wild shit. I think Cincinnati was the best place for them to send him because it's also kind of like the quiet, racist place in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Boston would be best for him. They're they're not quiet at all about no. their racism. No. <laughs> and Boston needs pitching. Dude, I saw a wild stat the other day. This is crazy. That the best batting some of the best batting averages in the AL East were in Boston. Um who? That's what I said. I watched <laughs> the, the, the ranking. The, the ranking was insane. It was like Boston, Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and the Yankees. And I'm like, we had the worst cumulative average in base in, in the AL East apparently and magically we're still in the playoffs yeah I mean which is why I think over half, Toronto like half gets the league is in the playoffs yeah. though so like I don't know it's not like a huge accomplishment this year I don't feel like yeah I you're right I, I just don't I don't trust it it's weird how opposite I, think, I look at that so like baseball I'm like you know what half the league is in there you play 60 games if one team gets hot they don't have to be the best team in baseball they could just win a bunch of games and win it all and to me, right. like the baseball World Series this year, it's like, ah, uh, you know, I hope my Cubs win, but if they don't, eh, I'm not gonna like put as much right. much like on this year as other years. Whereas, like, I'm looking at mm-hmm. basketball the complete opposite way. I'm like, these guys have toughed out the bubble for months. Like, these motherfuckers, yeah. it's the greatest championship ever. It well, I think the thing about the, the the baseball season versus the NBA season is, you know, like you said, right? There was a bubble in between this. And I mean, the, the team hardest done by this entire process was Toronto, who didn't get to play in their home field. They had to go to Buffalo and, and stay there for a majority of the year playing a triple A facility. But like, what does that really mean at the end of the day? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I have a guy who I live with in this complex that just went to Mexico this morning. He sent me pictures of him in a hot tub. I thought he had to quarantine for two weeks. And he's like, no, I'll be back on Saturday. So like, you know, obviously they're sending, you know, families back and forth across the border, you know, whatever. So, I, again, I agree with you. I think this baseball season, I am not too done up if the Yankees don't win it, but I do think that there are glaring holes uh, as a Yankee fan based on what I saw this year. Um, and, and I'm going to give you three of them real quick, the first of which is we need to um, put Brett Gardner in a retirement facility. Um, <laughs> second of which is we probably need we, we probably need to re-up on some of our um, – on some of our pitching. I, I know we say this all the time as, as Yankee fans that like, Oh, we need better pitching. We need better pitching, but Jay Happ ain't it. And Paxton certainly ain't it either. Um, and the last of which, and you know, this is probably the hottest take that I'll give you out of these three is the fact that judge is probably built like a greyhound and will die in like four years. I'm sorry, a great Dane. Like he's just not built to last. I don't, I don't think him or John Carlo, are going to be worth nearly the amount of money that they're going to require over the next four years to, to pay them to stay. And, and I, I am okay watching them walk. Like I think this year and last year we figured out that Gio Rochella, DJ LeMahieu, 
Glaber and Luke Voigt are a serviceable infield and Aaron Hicks, fine. Um, Miguel Andahar, you gotta go. Gary Sanchez, you gotta go. Judge, yeah. Giancarlo, like it, it, that's that's kind of my take on on that fucking squad because I can't I can't watch these guys fucking go down swinging anymore. It's it's fucking it's earth shattering. And if you look at me and you tell me that it's because they hit him runs, then I'm gonna fight you. That's for sure. that's <laughs> no, sure. they very much seem like they're they're going towards the uh, the the Josh Hamilton end of the big contract spectrum. Um, I mean, they, there's a lot of time for it to play out. I know they're both really young still, but the 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 frequency and the type of injuries that they have just year in and year out, it, it's it's like um, uh, it's like AJ Green in the NFL. Like it, it's it's always like some muscle or some form of like soft tissue injury that that is, okay. is Alshon Jeffrey is another one like he's just they're just yeah. some of these guys that just stay like they they'll stay healthy for three weeks and then something's gonna break in them something's gonna yep. strain pull something it's just the way their body is and they, they certainly seem to be trending that way yeah and I think the big thing too is that the I mean, you know, the, with the Mets' recent purchase, you saw that some of the rumors were like that their new ownership wants to like kind of court Brian Cashman. Which no, like I will, I will stand outside of whatever city field with a pitchfork and a knife and stab that ownership because <laughs> dog shit. Like you don't like Cashman though. Like he literally took the Bronx Bombers to the no minor league and developed all of it over the last ten years. You can't let a guy like that go unless he wants to, at which point, you know, whatever. Like, you know, the Steinbrenner family is not fucking George, um, which sucks because Georgie Boy would have just been like money. Um, but like baseball isn't that anymore, right? Like it's it's a prospect driven league now. So we can't really do what the Dodgers are doing. And by the way, if the Dodgers lose the World Series this year or don't go to it, they are officially the Clippers of fucking baseball. Like, uh, man, dude, they have to be, uh, they have to be the most disappointing. I, I guess it's safe to call them a dynasty even without rings. They've been so successful for so long with this team. But, like, they have yeah. to be the most disappointing dynasty, for lack of a better term, of, of yeah. modern any sport that I can think of. Dude, think about how many times they lost to the fucking Cardinals. And you were like, what do they have? And even, no offense, but, like, you know, those the, 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 that stretch between the Cardinals and the Cubbies – and what was the other one? It's mostly been Cardinals, Cubs, and Astros in the AL. And Astros, um, yeah. It's tough to look at a, a, a team like the Dodgers and be like, "Yeah, this is working," because it's not. It's really, I, I don't know at which point you stop spending money and start kind of giving away some of these players. Because, like, you know, great Mookie's had a great year, but like, oh, he'll be—he's the face. He's the face now. He'll be there forever. Him and Seager will be there forever the crazy thing is like what what do they what what more can they do right so they have like this they have the massive payroll they have every star they could possibly buy and then you get to october and guys a hall of famers like kershaw or, or, or stars like kenley jansen just like lose it fall apart yeah exactly yeah. I, I mean what you can't yeah. do anything about that <laughs> you, you can't just no, say I mean, okay well you're not good in october so we're gonna get rid of your your 21s a year clayton kershaw but the same thing is true for the Yankees, and I feel like I've been watching this happen for the last, like, three, four years, right? Where, like, they get into October, and then all of a sudden, fucking, the, the bats just fall apart, and, and we go dry. And all it takes is one pitching mistake in, in, in the playoffs for it to go to go left. Um, with that said, though, I, I think it, it, it is very early in, you know, the, the freaking first round of the playoffs for us to really kind of get into it. But I, I think we should, we should move on to football only because – I don't know how much longer we're going to have football for, Matt. Um, I, I, I think given the results of the Titans-Vikings uh, situation, uh, uh, Goodell is probably going to have a real interesting fucking uh, issue on his hands over the next couple of weeks. And I also think that you are the luckiest son of a bitch I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. So give me your bet rundown, and I will give you mine, and you can you can laugh at me all the way to the bank. Uh, well, the good thing is on the COVID part, uh, it sounds like the Vikings don't have any positive cases right now. Um, they haven't found any, and the Titans only found one more today, I think, which puts them at like a total of five. 
So well, I don't, I don't was, think it was, it was three players, five personnel. So that would make it nine. I got you. I yeah. They, they had one more today, which would be, I guess, 10. Um, but I don't think that's, they'll postpone the game. I think postpone means like, Hey, let's play a second Monday night game or something. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to really postpone well, it. I also think that, and we, I talked about this with someone the other day, and the smartest thing that the NFL can do is to leave that week in between, um, that week before the Super Bowl open, only because you're not having media week this year. Yeah, well, not, that's usually open anyway. They, it's gonna they usually Zoom, do the Pro Bowl that it's week. Zoom conferences. Yeah, it's going to be Zoom conferences. I, If they do a Pro Bowl this year, I'm going to fucking flip my oh, No, I can't There's imagine no that. There's no reason. <laughs> There's no fucking reason for them to do a Pro Bowl this year. These guys don't deserve to go to Hawaii. They should just go home and be with the families. It's already going to be, what, February at that point? Like, we're going to be peak flu, whatever the fuck happening season. Like, I'm not even trying to think about that. But, you know, if if it goes down that route, I do think that maybe they should leave that week open and they could bump an extra game or whatever, you know, whatever they need to do to kind of adjust the schedule. Yeah, or even um, if you did a gap, like, after the regular – if you did week 17 in the regular season, then a week – and then playoffs. The yeah. problem is then you're rewarding wild card teams too. You know, you're you're giving them a bye week, which is what teams like, you know, the 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 Chiefs and Ravens and and Niners and Seahawks or whoever else in either league is going to be fighting so hard to get this year. Since only one team gets you know number one seed in a bye, the way the playoffs work yeah. out this year, I don't I don't know if that's really feasible either. Just because the point is to reward the best team, not necessarily reward every team. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. I guess they'll make an announcement soon. But it it seems like they're probably going to play the game Monday night. Yeah. What? Um. All right. So so give it to me, big dog. What you hit? Um. My favorite. Hmm. Yeah. Give me your favorite. I, I think my favorite this week that I went with on Sunday. Um. Was Cincinnati. Philly is mm-hmm. Cincinnati was getting. Uh, I ended up getting six with Cincinnati uh, against a really bad Philly team. Joe Burrow looks like he belongs. Cincy is mm-hmm. not good, but they're also competitive. They're in. They've been in every game. Granted, they played you know Cleveland and Philly and whatnot, but they've been in every game. Would you call? Would you call them the Heat of the NFL? Uh, well, the Heat would pull the game out in the last couple minutes with a steal and you know a, a Jimmy Butler <laughs> a pass or something. Steal. Yeah, yeah, bam out of my dunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Indy was my next favorite because anybody, I, I will ride with anybody playing the Jets all year long. Absolutely. Uh, until they I'm fire 1, Adam Gase, I am one thousand percent fading the Jets every week, no matter who they're playing, no matter what the line is. Dude, I I can't begin to tell you. So I wasn't I was I wasn't a gaze detractor until he ended up at the Dolphins. Well, see, you got and good gaze. You got Peyton Manning gaze over in Denver. Well, but uh, see, here's what, the thing though. What I got in Miami he, he, was uh, we got a one side of the ball guy. You know what I mean? Right. And and I don't th- I don't think he's actually like now thinking about everything that was there, right? in Denver when, when that Super Bowl happened, I don't think that Gates really called as many plays as I think he did. Oh, Peyton Manning coached that team. Uh, the offense. Bingo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think Gates got there and was like, run this with these four options. And Peyton was like, hold my beer, bro. And, like, even with a noodle arm, he was just like, we're going to run, you know, we're going to run short slants. Uh, occasionally, we're going to try to do a big old top-off play, but that's about it. Yeah. M- maybe once every 10 plays. Um, but what happened in Miami literally made me believe that you were a thousand percent right. And now watching it happen again is incredible. So it's wild. People look at it so differently now is like back when Gase got there, um, they weren't good, but they were competitive and Tannehill was performing fairly well. And then they crumbled. And instead of, I guess, looking into, you know, everything about the season they weren't very good all season long they got really lucky in close games um they had some weird stuff go their way it's just just stuff like that happening and people were like okay gase is going to be great for us but Tannehill, uh uh what ended up happening is Tannehill leaves Tannehill is a fucking beast in tennessee for it's a perfect team perfect offense for him and then we find out gase is just horrible dog shit 
dog, absolute just utter dog. I, I, I don't and think players like playing for him. I, he can't nope. coach. Like I, there's just no. Nope. I can find nothing positive about him as a head coach. I will say that I did not bet either. So here's 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 what had happened, right? So what had happened was I had a three pick parlay that was plus eight twenty five. I took the Giants on the money line. Uh, to be took, fair, San Francisco's entire team is like in the hospital. So I That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at New York. I was like, come on, it can't be that bad. They almost pulled it out the week before. I was like, there's a shot. There's a shot that D Money or or, or D Money Bags can do the shit and and he did not. Then the one that really killed me was the Falcons minus three and a half. Losing to the Bears 30 to 26. That was one of my losses as well. Yeah. 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 That was a tough one. And then the New England minus six against uh, the Raiders. That 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 was fine. That was a win. But then there was another. Then there was another three three team parlay that I threw in there because you know uh, New Jersey Virginia I get to gamble recklessly. Uh, you live your best life as you can. Um, a plus seven sixty two. With the Bears, plus six, win. The Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> plus plus five. So I knew as soon as that second half started, I needed to bet the other way. So I threw in that other parlay, not remembering that I had the Giants in there on that other one. Got fucked. And then the last one, which is probably the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And I regret it entirely. I was wasted when I did it. I apologize to anyone who's watching this. Don't take betting advice from me on football. <laughs> I took the Jets at plus I took the Jets at plus seven and a half. Yeah, so maybe I, maybe I'm the one that should lead the uh NFL betting segments yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah, my hundred percent my, my nine and three uh weekend. Uh was it something like seventeen and four overall? I think after Monday mm. night, sixteen or seventeen and four preach, and brother. one, yeah. Between preach, college, preach, and, college and NFL, it was uh, yeah. Oh, who are the Raiders playing? Uh, this week, yeah. Who were they playing? Uh, the Ra- oh, the, the Raiders played. Uh, the Raiders played the Patriots. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I took the Patriots. I ended up giving six and a half instead of six, which eh, kind of sucked, but like. I mean, yeah. riding Bill Belichick after a loss is typically the right way to go. All right, so I have two quick questions for you as a Broncos fan. Number one, Broncos play the Jets this weekend. Do the Broncos lose to the Jets? Absolutely not. I don't care who they start at quarterback. Uh, the Broncos win and they cover. Well, I don't even know what the line is. I, I'm going to guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess. I haven't looked. I, I, I'll show you. I would show you my notepad, but I, I'm not going to show you my notepad. But. I have not looked. I do not have it written down. I'm going to guess that the Broncos are probably in the three to five range favorites. Three and a half point favorites. Three and a half. Three and a half okay. Point uh, yeah, I'm on that all day. I mean, okay. And then the other question that I have for you: How badly do the Seahawks beat up on your Dolphins? Um. So this is really weird to say after you know the past what seven eight years, but the Seahawks defense is horrible Fitzpatrick can score um some games when he's not throwing two or three picks to the other team I think they win handily but I don't think it's as 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 bloody of a a, a beat down as uh what some might think I don't know what the line is I'm maybe they're not favored that much I don't know I'm seeing six and a half right now uh, Seahawks. That's, that probably that seems about right. That seems about right. They're they're more talented and they're good enough where they should win by a score or two late. Um, but but Fitzpatrick can definitely expose that defense. Their defense is so bad. Their secondary specifically. My matchup for this week, which I think is probably going to be the most interesting game, is the four twenty five on Sunday, which is the Patriots Chiefs. Um, we just watched. We just watched. Andy Reid throw his playbook at Baltimore last week or this past, uh, what was it? Sunday night, Monday night, whatever uh, Monday it was. night. Yeah. Monday night. How, how pissed do you think Belichick's going to be if he loses that fucking game? Oh, he, he's going to lose the game. I think he's going to lose the game. I don't, it's so hard to say the chiefs are coming off a, a 
to them a big game. They went out. Mahomes really clearly wanted to prove a point and say this this guy is not in the same league as me on the other side of the ball there. Yeah. Do they? I don't know. They they have a the Chiefs have a thing where they they play down sometimes to their you know weeks that maybe it's not a big primetime game and then when it is they play up and, and just beat the living hell out of anybody they're playing. Um, but a, cool, My, uh, a funny stat about I... the Chiefs, they uh, since Patrick Mahomes has been in the league, they have lost by more than a field goal only three times, I believe is the number. Jesus if I remember correctly, that's the number. But uh, uh, they're almost the safest bet in f- there is in football. It seems like anyway. I don't I don't yeah. know their ATS numbers I, or anything, but I mean, I I told you this before the season started, right? Uh, I put in that 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 season long bet for the Chiefs to be consistent thirty three and a half point for the points for the year. We're hovering right now. We're at like thirty some odd points for the year because they had like one down week last week. Um, before the Ravens game, the Chargers game, and yeah, the Chargers game, yeah. But like, do you really think that that's the norm, or do we think that thirty-five a game is the norm for them? I'm kind of thinking that their score. That I think that's norm. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, you might be hard pressed to jump on that bandwagon now. Those that are able to bet on it, but that's the only football bet that I feel comfortable making. Like right now, um, that would be a long-term bet in terms of value, right? Because it might it might even be like plus 150 you know like whatever it might be but it, it just seems like good money um just want to pivot real quick so since you uh you, you you talked your wins i will i will talk mine uh let's go as 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 you know i'm an english soccer fan you know you gotta you gotta rip your boys where you go um four-way parlay plus 200 not my finest moment uh, but I did exercise something that I've talked to you about a lot, which I wish you could do in football. Obviously, you can't because there are no draws, and it is the double chance, the infamous fucking double chance. Easily my favorite bet in soccer, um, which basically, for those of you that are un- uh, the, the uninitiated in soccer betting, a double chance means that you get to pick the home team or the draw, the away team or the draw, or both teams or either team to win. Um, it's kind of a way for you to like sure your shit up. I went four picks, uh, four a parlay at plus two hundred. I hit all four. Um, what was interesting was the last one, um, which was West Bromwich versus Chelsea, and I had West Bromwich to win or tie. And what had happened was West Bromwich was up three two in the ninetieth minute, and Chelsea scored the equalizer in the ninety second, and we drew. My balls were in my asshole while I was watching this game, literally sweating a bullet. Because like they hit this, they hit the goal in the 94th minute, and I was like, they're gonna give them time for another, and they came this close, and I was sweating it out. Um, I, I I literally had a shit fit, and then well, we we talked about my debauchery today. I, I I've never been more annoyed in my entire life with, with these fucking teams. All you have to do is score on an over under. If you if if you put five teams or or a five team parlay, you can get plus 300 odds. All you need to do is score over one and a half goals. And I had to pull out my money early because Real Madrid, the mighty Real Madrid, couldn't score more than one goal against the worst team in the fucking uh, La Liga. But that's just a small diatribe. I don't think I've ever pulled so hard for a goal in a game that I cared nothing about before. <laughs> when you when you showed me and, uh, you know, you're, you're four out of five or, or whatever it was for today. And that's the last game you're waiting on. And I checked the score, and it's like one nil in the fifty or seventy fifth minute or some shit is when it yeah. happened. Yeah, it was it was nil nil in the minutes. yeah nil nil in the fiftieth minute. I was like, oh my god, why? Dude, I literally I pulled my money out. I think just before they scored the goal, because at, at that point, so I'm I'm you know for anyone who's gambling, like DraftKings gives you the ability to cash out as you go along, right? So if you're hitting five out of the six at halftime, they'll give you you know maybe almost half to what your expected earnings or your payout is, right? Uh, but as the clock ticks on, they start to reduce deduce that money. So I took the cash out and I ran, um, and, you know, I, I put my money on uh, a little NBA action, which I think we should be dedicating a fuck ton of time to. Um, I know the game's live right now. Our, our 13, 14-year friendship is dependent on this. Um, <laughs> for uh, as long as I can... What? I was gonna say, if it's not obvious, uh, Heat for Life over here 
Um, you, you can't maybe not buy the jersey over there on that side, but uh, yeah, yeah. So this will be a this will be a fun week or two to to pod. Yeah. So I, all right. So before we get there, I know the game's live right now, and and I don't even know what the score is. Oh, I've got it on in the command center here. Uh, even though you oh, know, you? all this back here doesn't look like command center, that's getting there. But this up here, command center. So sixteen ten, Miami's up uh, with six forty five to go in the first quarter. Um, so before we get here, can we talk Doc Rivers? Do we give a shit about Doc Rivers? Does anyone really give a fuck about Doc Rivers? I think. Um... I think I probably do more than you just because it it seems like he's going to end up in the East. It's your, in your conference. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, 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 I mean, it's possible New Orleans could still make an offer. Like supposedly they reached out. They were one of the first teams to reach out with Philly, but it, it seems like him and Philly are, are working on maybe getting something done. Um, the so the the rumors as to why he left um la are wildly interesting i mean any like it, it's it's stemming anything from a woman what to, <laughs> yeah uh yeah i, I don't think I, uh, you, someone bro, wants gotta, clicks for that one I, we're, we're gonna uh, rule that one sure. out right here we'll be the for first sure. to rule yeah. out i don't somebody might have already ruled it out uh, this is the first podcast whatever we're ruling it out i would so what i think it really boils down to is that there's a world where doc rivers wants a challenge that's way larger than what he's gotten I think Doc is a guy who walked into a very comfortable Celtic situation, who walked into a really fun Clippers situation, and then rebuilt it too. Like, let's not forget, like he rebuilt. Cle- uh, I'm sorry, he rebuilt the Clippers into something incredibly interesting. I think he wants the 76ers job. Uh, number one, I, I don't know where else he would go. Let's get that out of the way because he's not going to go to Minnesota. Minnesota stuck with their coach. He's not going to go to New York. New York has their coach. He's not going to go to Brooklyn. They just hired. I can't even say his name right now. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Um, he's not going. He's not going to go anywhere else but the Sixers. And I do think that he wants to coach this team. Um, do I think he has what he needs to coach this team? No. Only because you watched it happen this year with with fucking playoff P and and Kawhi. They can't coexist. They're not performers. You have two – I think you have one guy who's a winner in Kawhi and one guy who's mentally weak. Like, this is what it is, right? Um, you're going to go to Philly and it's going to be the same thing and he'll be gone in two years. I don't think so. Um, first of all, playoff P and the P stands for uh, please don't pass me the ball. Um, stands for this, bro. <laughs> um, I think I think his welcome was a little worn out in, in L.A. Um, he – he had some teams with the the Paul Jordan Blake era that probably should have performed much better than they did in playoffs, um, and I, I think giving him this team was probably his his only shot he was gonna get to to get over the hump per se. I, not not for him, you know. Obviously, he had those years in Boston and whatnot in somewhat recent memory. But I, to get that Clippers team over the hump, I think this was probably his one shot after everything they they went through with, you know, after breaking up the Paul Griffin teams, um, which was which was absolutely infuriating in my opinion. Like, I, so you can't. I don't know. I'm not mad at it. You can't. You can't max out two guys who are hurt forty games a season and and hurt in the playoffs when it matters. Like you can't be su- successful that way. I, I don't know. So uh, my feelings on Doc are that he's one of the better coaches. He's definitely a top-tier coach in the league, I think. But the knock on him is that he has been on the wrong side of these collapses probably way too often for someone who is a top-tier coach or or considered a top-tier coach in the league. Um, So, like, I... I, and and he's at the age and at the point in his career where I I agree he doesn't he's not going to go to a rebuilding team he's not going to go to Minnesota and build them, um, he's not going to 
you know, go to uh, Chicago or something like that and, and, and start from scratch. But I, I think both Philly and New Orleans, and especially Philly, offer him a chance to come in and get the most out of the stars that they have. I think mm-hmm. he, if he does end up taking the job in Philly, he has a lot of work to do with that roster. Um, I, like we talked about in our first first uh, episode, go around with this. I, Philly's roster is just not good. They have they have two stars yeah. and absolutely no shooting or no playmakers around them, which is very bad. Here's an interesting question: Do you look at New Orleans as a more viable option? to go further in the playoffs than so like it's compare the squads right now right and where they are do you think new orleans goes further in the playoffs than philadelphia today because the answer obviously is no right it depends on the context you're asking the question if if i'm doc rivers and somebody gives me two rosters on paper and says pick one to go coach i'm picking new orleans all day every day they're young they have a shit ton of talent they've got vet guys like drew holiday down there and you know like incredible team however they play in the juggernaut Western Conference. And being good in the West is not the same as being good in the East. It's just the way it is. You can you can win 55 games in the West and still be a six seed. It's, yeah. it's nuts. Um, he has yeah. a better chance to go further in the East, I guess, is to answer exactly what you're asking. He does have a better chance to go deeper in the East with Philly than he would with New Orleans. But New Orleans is a better roster. It's a more, to me, it's a more attractive coaching game. You also have a variable here that I don't, I, I don't think we we talked a little bit about it at some point, and I know we've texted about it back and forth a lot. Like the East is what it is, and and it is very, it's it's wildly unpredictable to to a varying degree in terms of who's going to finish first every year. Um, but you know you have Brooklyn coming back. Um. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say that. Yep. You have Brooklyn coming back. You have the Celtics, who I think have a point to prove. That this they'll they'll retool. They'll 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 get something else too. They'll retool. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge doesn't sit on his laurels all that often. Um, Miami, after this run, I think has demonstrated that they are. I, and I know maybe you don't feel this way, but I think they're a player away from being a hyper competitive one or two seed in in the East. Yeah, no, um, I, I, yeah, I kind of agree, and I think Riley. I think there's so much stuff out there where, where Pat Riley's going to go after someone. I think he kind of agrees too. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll go after and someone. Then, yeah, depending on what happens with Vic Oladipo in the off season, like Indiana's still like hovering around, Toronto's still there. Like you know, it's it's not as cannibalistic as the West, but if you're Doc, I think yeah, you're right. You got to go to the East because it's an easier place for you to end up winning something in. But at the same time, I don't think it's any easier because the yeah you get like a couple fucking gimme games every year. But like, how much better is it going to be once those teams are like kind of up yeah, and running? It's not a cakewalk anymore. Yeah, no, it, it was a the last four years, maybe five years, have been a cakewalk in the East. It's not that anymore. Like I, I think Miami's demonstrated this year that like even right now it's fucking it's a ten point lead for Miami. Like this first quarter is blown by. Buck, Jimmy buckets is getting his buckets and like. You know, teams aren't afraid to play Western Conference basketball anymore. They're just not. Yeah, and even look at look at teams like uh, you might laugh at me for saying this, but look at teams like Orlando. Like they're figuring something out down there. They yeah they they beat that. Their win against Milwaukee was probably much more Milwaukee walking in, sleepwalking, you know, not caring, blah blah blah, whatever. But they're they were competitive in several of those games, and it, it wasn't just Milwaukee not playing well, which they weren't playing all that well, but Orlando was playing good basketball. Vucevic was playing his ass off down there. Um, you know, they, they've, they've, they figured out how to get something from the kid they got from the Sixers, uh, Fultz. Um, yep. they, they definitely need more play. They need some shooting. They definitely need some more talent. Um, and then John, uh, Jonathan Isaac, I believe, got hurt. And, you know, he was out yep. with the knee injury and all. But, like, they they're figuring it out down there. They're they're getting a little bit something, and they're they're competitive at the very least. Yeah, and and then again, you know, like you like you you just mentioned too, you have a team like Milwaukee that's that's literally walking into uh, a, a kind of a make or break season as far as I'm concerned. Like you cannot have the two time MVP not get to at least an Eastern Conference Final. That is absolutely unacceptable, and I think Giannis understands that. And and, and if I was Giannis, I would put that entire organization on call right now. Because they need to know 
this ain't it. You know, like it, we, you can't hand me what you've given me, DiVincenzo and and uh, um, oh god, what's his name too? Um, uh, you can't hand me DiVincenzo. Yeah, and Bledsoe, and expect me to go out and 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 play ball easily and openly. And also, I think he needs to put in some more too. Like we learned this year, like we've talked about it all day. You just can't drive the lane and fall, or like expect to get the foul called every time. Just not going to work that way, especially not in the playoffs. So, I mean, from a doc perspective, yeah, you're right. The big thing for me is going to be what does this offseason look like and what's this draft look like? Because I don't think, I don't think Doc's going to be in a situation to demand anything when he walks into Philly, especially not with that ownership. Like they don't give a fuck. They do whatever they want, when they want, how they want. They've been doing it for what, eight years now? The the, the tanking process? Like I, I don't think it's gonna work out that way. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see if he if he you know if they get a get a get a deal done and, and he ends up out there. It'll be uh, I don't know. They they have some nice trade pieces. I just I don't know what they could realistically get for some of those trade pieces like tobias harris is a really nice piece to move and they honestly they probably should move him but his contract yeah his contract is massive no one's gonna want to eat that no one's gonna give you some great shooter or some really good wing player who can space the floor for tobias harris i don't think like i don't know it's it's definitely gonna be interesting and maybe they don't make that many moves maybe doc runs with what he's got this year with you know a couple add-ons here and there yeah i don't know yeah. I, they, they can be they proved that they can be competitive with this roster they just they don't have enough to be a finals team yeah yeah no i agree with you um all right man i, I hate to say this but it's time to put our friendship up to the test bro <laughs> i love you i was the best man at your wedding i may never get married so you might not ever have the opportunity <laughs> to be at mine but I'm, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you speak at my funeral bro um listen man I love you to death, but y'all ain't winning this series, bro. Um, my my brain kind of agrees with you. My heart doesn't want to agree with you. My, my man. My yeah, man. I mean, we could. We, we'll, I guess uh, talk about how we got here a little bit. I guess. Yeah. I, give two, me, give me, give me, give me ahead. your, give me your way you got here. Go, give it to me. Talk to me, doggy. Uh, so the way my team got here is they, they literally showed up on, they showed up every night and outworked every team. Um, they were probably, the weird thing is like one through three, they were probably less talented than, uh, at least two of the teams they play. I, they were better than Indiana, I think in most places on the floor. Um, well, that was the but, sweep, right? Yeah, yeah, but but Milwaukee and Boston, they uh, Milwaukee and Boston had the best probably two players on the floor. I'm giving Middleton a lot of credit here for Milwaukee, but they had the best too two. much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they, they and had... he didn't he didn't even show up for that series, bro. Like he was bad, bad. He was outside of the game when Giannis went down and Middleton just took over. But I even you know even Bam and, and Jimmy came out later and were like, you know. Uh, we probably let off the gas a little bit, you know. Giannis is out. We thought we had this in the bag. Um, yeah, but yes, yeah, especially in the Boston series, Boston had the best two players. Um, if 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 Gordon Hayward had been healthy, maybe the best three players on the floor. But the thing with Miami is they they come out and they all think that they are all the best player on the floor. They're better than you, and they're going to outwork you. They they play crazy. They play the zone. It's super active. They can switch everything one through five with the lineups they're playing. Um, they're not playing the Myers Leonard lineups anymore. Um, and the, the zone helps protect guys like Duncan Robinson or Earl Linick when he's in the game who aren't necessarily plus defenders. Um, but they, right. but they just they wear teams down. And you saw it a bunch of times in the Boston series. Boston was up double digits going into the, the, the third, fourth quarter, even late into the fourth quarter. Fourth and Miami quarter. just turned it on late. And this yep. the Boston team was just tired of dealing with it. And they Miami forced turnovers. They pushed the ball. They had hot shooting from, from Tyler. Tyler, the walking bucket hero. Uh, Bro, Duncan I Robinson, Dragic shot well. I mean, it, it just – that and I, I think from my side of it, that's what gives them a little bit of an advantage, or that's the advantage they have to play anyway against the Lakers. Is they, they are one through 
12 on the roster. They are far better than L.A. Not starting lineup, but 1 through 12, they're better than L.A. Um, they have to use that to their advantage, and they are by far the best defensive and most active defensive team that L.A. has had to play all playoffs, and I think they can at least attempt to use that to try to punch L.A. in the mouth a little bit. So this series for me is the definition of like the it, it is it is the definition of the your expectation versus your underdog right like um, you're watching two teams that one who needs to be there um, in AD and LeBron and the other that wants to be there um, with Jimmy and Bam and Tyler and and you know the rest of the squad. The way that the Lakers got here, which I think is is a little bit more of a, it's not as an interesting story in terms of effort and hustle. It was just the fucking work and the guys that they had to get through in order to get here, right? So your first series, you got to put Dame down. And Dame had some games that you were like, fuck, if he was out East, he would be in the finals every year, right? Like, I almost look at Dame like, like Derrick Rose minus the injuries. Like Dame's career is going to be infinitely better than Derrick Rose's only because he's he's going to stay healthier longer and he's just going to be an incredible guy. But he gave them problems for one or two games. Yeah, it's Maybe a shame three, he got hurt. I, I thought they had a shot. Game, yeah, game four, I thought they I thought Portland was just going to like – early they looked good and then they got steamrolled. Um, and then the semis, man, like – going out and playing Russ and, and, and Harden, man, like that's not easy. We talked about it in our first pod, right? Like Houston is over. I think as far as I'm concerned this year, after, after all of this, I don't think, um, I don't think what we know is the Houston Rockets really stays together for much longer. And then the Denver Nuggets series, man, like you, I thought, I honestly thought a part of me thought that the Nuggets Miami was going to be the finals only because you had two teams of destiny that really wanted to get there. And Jamal Murray played out of his fucking mind. And maybe the best big man in the NBA got chipped out of going to a finals in Nikola Jokic. I don't think I've ever seen a dude pass the ball the way he does at his size. I don't know a guy who sees the floor his way. Um, the Lakers, though, are a team that, like I said, they they need to be there. If they are not there, then their season is disappointing. And I, I'm even going to go push it a little bit further. If they don't win a ring, the season is disappointing. Um, and this is the first full year of LeBron, AD, you know, with the rest of the squad. And the one big difference maker, man, I've talked about him a whole bunch. Playoff Rondo, bro. Like, he's a god. I don't know what it is, what 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 he drinks or what he does, but, like, he gets to the playoffs and he's a whole different person. So my thing with the Lakers, though, is it, it, it is the frame of mind that they will not be beat. They might not be, to your point, right, like the most talented squad top to bottom. Like those 12 guys aren't the most talented guys because Caruso sucks. Morris is whatever. Danny Green can literally go suck a dick. Um, like all of these all of these guys are, are not what we think they are. But LeBron, AD, and Rajan are going to will you into a final and maybe even win you a final just because that's who they are. Um, with that said, though, I think the series is a six-game series. I think it has the potential for seven, but I don't – I'm not going to go that far. Um, and the, the, the big dif difference maker for me is going to be what LeBron does. It, I, I know it's cliche to say, but – LeBron is the all-time playoff leader in points. And this season, um, th these playoffs, he is nowhere near the top five in points for the playoffs. Um, your top five are Donovan Mitchell, Luka, James Harden, and Anthony Davis. Um, but what's interesting is, is that he is on the top five for assists. Uh, and that's led by Malcolm Bog uh, Brogdon, uh, Karis LeVert, which is Fan, like just incredibly interesting and then lebron james um that's going to be the big difference maker for me as far as i'm concerned is is what lebron does it, not just on the ball but off the ball like he's gonna have to fucking work his ass off find shots for other people and they're gonna have to be hot enough to make them um my big concern is bam hero and buckets if those three guys make it work then we're in for a seven game series 
and I don't know if I could handle that. Yeah, I, I think they can push it just for that reason. Um, Bam, I I don't know that I don't know that Spo puts puts Bam on Davis that often. I think especially if Dwight is in the game, you probably put Bam on Dwight because that that gives you an advantage on the offensive end, but. It doesn't wear Bam out on the defensive end. Um, I think you can put Jay Crowder, and he can fare. He's definitely not as tall, but I, I think he's he's big and strong enough where he can give AD at least a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, and, and Crowder's one of those guys that just doesn't give a fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's very uh, him and Jimmy. Him and Jimmy are, are are very much cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Those yeah. guys. Oh, those yeah. guys are are as far as they're concerned. LeBron's not the best player on the floor at all. They are. They are. They are. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This is this yep. is uh, this is um, I I I heard Simmons say it where he was Jimmy Butler is the only person on this court that believes that 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 he's the one that like is going to be winning Finals MVP and like all this other stuff. Dude, you know what's crazy is like looking at these um, postseason, you know, leaders the leaderboards here. Um, LeBron and AD show up. A total of twice. Bam, and Jimmy Buckets show up a total of once, and that's it. There, there's no one else showing up on these leaderboards. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at, at three pointers made. I'm sure that that's probably gonna change the the conversation a little bit. But it it goes to show you though that these two teams are by definition team efforts. And I know that's like a, such a cliche in basketball to say, but like we've been watching hero ball, not your hero. Uh, we've been watching hero ball for the last couple of years and it's been LeBron over and over again, so many years in a row. It's been um, Dame so many times. It's been Kawhi so many times. It's been all of these guys literally putting teams on their shoulders. And I feel like this bubble taught dudes to play together um, and, and maybe to play a different style of basketball. And I don't know if that's going to really make a difference moving forward, but um, I, I think that team synergies are way better now than they have been in the past because, like, you have no fucking choice, dude. Like, you're playing every other night. Guys are literally sitting in the stands watching these fucking games. And, like, they know what you're going to do before you do it because they've watched you for so long. Um, the, the big thing for me is – holy shit. Yeah, the big thing for me is Duncan Robinson is 13th on the list for three-pointers made in the playoffs. 13th? Wow, that, that's far 13. lower than I would have guessed. Yeah, the top five are Mitchell, Van Fleet, Connolly, uh, Vucevic, and Harris. Huh. I guess to be fair, yeah. there's, there's been a lot of games where he hasn't. There's a couple games where he got into early foul trouble, um, especially in Boston. Tice did a really good job of tying him up down low and, and getting a couple uh, acting job fouls drawn on him um, to get him out of the game. But also, Hero has just been playing so well that Spoh's been going with, with Hero in the second halves more so than Duncan a lot of times. But it's... I don't know. My, I guess, my question for you in this is uh, who outside of AD and LeBron do you trust on a nightly basis to knock down shots and give you and be the third scorer that you need? Um, especially after, after Rondo kind of kind of dipped off a little bit there in the Denver series. Um, I, this is going to sound probably, this is going to sound absolutely insane, but it's, 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 it's going to have to be a three guy effort. So it's Caldwell Pope. It's going to have to be Coos. And it's, it's going to have to be the minutes that you get from guys like either Dion waiters or Markeith Morris. Those are those are the three four ish guys that are gonna have to come off the bench every game and give you ten minimum minimum ten <laughs> you know what I mean because otherwise dude like we can't compete with your four we can't like we can't compete with your four because it's a two guy game like we know this it's a two two and a half guy game with Rondo whenever he decides to play like and then other than that man like Caruso well as he falls down. Sweet layup. Um, Caruso, I think, is in a defining moment for his career. I know he's, what, like a first or second year player in the NBA at this point, playing with the Lakers, second year, I want to say. Um, but, like, this is the year, man. Like, your sophomore years are growth year, and, and he's been benching it long enough where I think he needs – oh, wow. Uh, where I think he needs a little bit more love on, on the offensive end. 
Um, and by the way, I should say this, and it, it, I don't think we've mentioned this yet. The Kentucky connection is fucking crazy in these NBA oh, finals. Oh, dude, I saw the stat earlier today, and I was like, wow. I, I like, I knew my guys had a lot of Kentucky stats in there, but I, I didn't even remember, you know, AD and and, <laughs> and Rondo. I yeah. completely forgot Rondo played there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I there's something to be said about you know what that team what that team has done or you know what that university has done even given you know you got to take away the one and done rule right but those guys played there for a year so it meant something um but that's i mean i mean big dick energy man a lot of big dick energy coming out of kentucky it is it it really is and and you know whatever the school's a fucking shit show and they probably play a lot pay a lot of players to go and pay there play there um but that kentucky connection is super important because i think that there's a a level of competitiveness that you don't get anywhere else and these guys definitely have it and i think that's why hero definitely demonstrates that fucking recklessness of just i'm here give me the ball um you don't get the same shit with with some other guys um i i what butler was marquette marquette yeah him and jay crowder both there. they yeah. played together at marquette yeah 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 i mean you know lebron's lebron you know whatever but there's a there's an interesting thing to be looked at here and i think maybe after uh, game one I'll, I'll i'll dig a little deeper into some of the college connections for these guys because you know it, it's it's not what we think it is anymore uh with some of these playoff players especially the young guys i mean duncan robinson is a fucking prime example of that caruso and at texas tech for fuck's sakes like but these guys are kind of built that got- way right like they 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 they, they made it like I, duncan seems I just i don't know like i don't watch the lakers a ton other than you know league pass nights and whatnot, but just watching Duncan Caruso's every night, got that. yeah, Caruso's got that too. Duncan's yeah, such, a, he's like, such and, a quiet guy, and you don't think that, but I mean, the guy came from Division three to to Michigan and not starting to starting at Michigan to not getting drafted to coming in, and now he's he's fucking Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Caruso. I mean, Caruso's one of these weird guys too. We're like springy, fun, defensively sound. Um, not the fastest guy on the court. I think his lateral movement's a little weak sometimes. He doesn't get around picks all that well. Um, but he gives you hustle, which is something that you love to see in a bench guy. Like, you love to see that kind of hustle in a bench guy. And if there's one guy that drives me fucking nuts that I wish got his shit together a little bit more is Kuz. Like, Kuz can be so nonchalant sometimes. I mean, yeah, he hit that big three. Uh, what was it against Houston? Um, but other than that, like, you, you get these weird flashes from Kuz and I said this to you before I, I wish that we had kept uh, Brandon Ingram over Kuz I think that that team would have been built so much like you would have no need for Dwight at this point um, if you had kept Ingram but um, you know doing a quick uh, quick scores check as we are right now it's a two point game in the second quarter with 730 left uh, so I'll tell you what worries what should worry Laker fans I've been eyeing it here as it's happening uh Butler already has twelve, and he's two for two from three. And, and, yep. and Hero's and knocking down contested threes. I, do you I, know who's guarding? Did you see who's guarding Butler? It's Caruso. Yeah, that's not a good matchup. I, well, that's see, not a good matchup. See that, but that uh, that's another flaw with the Lakers is LeBron is going to play forty minutes in the finals. It's, it's just the way it is because they don't want their bench unit out there versus Miami's bench unit. They'll lose that every night. But if you're going to have LeBron out there 40 minutes, he can't guard Butler. He can't chase Duncan Robinson around the floor. He'll, he'll be exhausted. They just they can't and do he it. Can't guard, he's not going to guard Bam. He's not going to bang with Bam underneath the boards. Nope. Bam will get him in foul you know, trouble. Real quick. And, and that's that's probably the biggest problem, I think, with, with this with this team. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the minutes right now. Dwight with six. LeBron with 13. Davis with 12. Um, KCP with 10, Danny Green with 10, fucking kill me. Kuz with 10, Rajan with 9, uh, Caruso with 8, and Markeith Morris with 5. You have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I don't think they, they – I don't think – yeah. You have another 6 guys that have aren't going to whiff the floor tonight. Deion Waiters is not whiffing the floor tonight. Actually, fun fact about Deion Waiters, whoever wins this championship, he still gets a ring. That's true, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I don't know if Riley will give him one after all this. No, he's he's eligible for a ring. I'm sure he'll write his letter and be like, "Hey, Pat, Pat yeah, Miami connection." 
Yeah, you know, get that ring. Yeah, Riles might uh, Riles might might fight against it, but kibosh on that shit, bro. Yeah. I the the one thing that I think is really interesting in in, in the stats that I'm looking at right now for this is fifty. So we're fifty three percent from three, fifty four percent from three. You guys are fifty percent, seven to fourteen. La seven to thirteen. Um, but what's really, really interesting is you guys are killing us on re- you're rebounding. I mean, you're up by two right now, but your your two that you're up on is on the offensive side of the courts, and that's that's essentially that's your lead essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually what I and thought we'd have we'd have a disadvantage at. I mean, Bam is for all of his ridiculous freak of nature gifts and for how amazing of a player he is he's he's still inches shorter than ad and definitely not as long as ad or dwight so like i I thought rebounding would be a big advantage for the lakers and it may still be i mean it's the end of first quarter or whatever it still may be end up as a big advantage but uh, even having a lead at some point throughout the game just is showing their style of play and how hard they fight for for what they get and how they kind of they kind of punish teams for a full 48 minutes like you're going to have to work with us and that's such a great word to use punish because you're up 10 points for points in the paint 16 to 6 so like you know you can see exactly what spo is trying to do you're trying to get the inside game going and then as soon as that inside game and you start to collapse you know collapse and collapse to the rim you dish out to your hero you dish out to your buckets you dish out to crowder if he's if he's not the one running to the rim and you just get these guys hot and and I think this is going to be where the big question is with with where the series goes is who's going to do the better job of game planning? Like this is literally, and and I know this is my perspective on this. This is literally a coach's final. It's it's a Vogel versus a Spolstra. And for as much as we love to say that Vogel um, doesn't coach the Lakers, that it's LeBron doing a lot of the work on the floor. I think that the the game prep and the planning on Vogel's end is going to be what kind of determines if he's worth keeping, man. Like I, 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 you know, I understand it's what his second year with the team, third year with the team. Um, is it his second or third year? My high. Have I is been doing first? drugs? Yeah, I think it's his first. Yeah. Uh, I don't. This year it seems like so many seasons and years all in one. It's. <laughs> He is Frank Vogel, New Jersey native. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, yeah, since twenty nineteen, since twenty nineteen, it's his first year with with the team. Um, you know, this is going to be kind of like a. I think this is going to be his proving ground. Like I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I think, dude, I think Spo has a job with the Heat for the next five uh, years. Life. Uh, I think he's. You a, think he's I, a Laker I'm, with I'm clearly biased, but I think he's one of the best two or three coaches in the league. That's I don't I don't think you want yep. it to be a, a a battle of coaches in this series. No, I agree. I think he wants his players to do the talking, but it's going to have to be a prep game. Speaking of which, before we we're, we're pushing the hour mark here, and and I definitely want to sit down and fucking watch this game and text back and forth with you about it. But um, before we go, how overrated is Brad Stevens? <sighs> can I? Can you ask me again next year? Can I clip this and then we go back and look at it next year? <laughs> See, I, I don't do think that. Think... I think they. Man, it's tough. Okay. Uh, you have. I think he's a really good coach. I. It's hard to judge. So that Hayward was hurt. Kemba disappeared for half the playoffs. Jason Tatum disappeared for half the playoffs, or or, or half of games at a time. I should say, not necessarily half the playoffs. Uh, and then he got. He he got Marcus Smart to somehow become Ray Allen. I don't know. It's hard to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't true. Know. It's it's true. It's true. Um, we have what about six minutes to go in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've been at this for a little bit more than an hour. I would hate to inundate people with our voices for longer than that. <laughs> Do you have any shout outs or anything you want to call out, big boy? Um. Uh, you actually, you know, your music. Oh shit! The the music I, I, I only feature uh, on live stream. Um, we'll we'll probably uh, 
uh, for anybody watching this live, we'll probably add some of this in before this gets put up on, on iTunes or Spotify or, or any of that. Some of the music you'll hear will be from this man right here. So uh, that that's my shout-out. Keep, keep the vibes you. going. I, uh, tomorrow is my release date for the first half of two projects. Um, so, Ooh, yeah. For this is breaking news. For I didn't know this. Yeah, so you have some of it. Uh, I haven't sent you all of the music, so for anybody that's interested, tomorrow I will be releasing a, a project called Idiosyncrasy. You can find it on ctbmusic.bandcamp.com. Um, you don't have to pay for it if you don't want to, but um, if you do, all of the money that you uh, give to me goes to a good cause. Uh, I've yet to determine what that is. Uh, usually it's not a political cause. It's usually like some kind of humanitarian shit. So if y'all are interested, um, yeah, ctbmusic.bandcap.com. I have like four or five other projects up there. And like Matt said, we'll uh, do some cuts and edits and we'll feature it on the show. And as we get more uh, progressive with technology, um, we'll add it into the show and shit. Um, but I want to say to you, good sir, uh, it's a six-point lead at the moment. <laughs> We'll be back. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be back. I know. I know. I know. I will be texting you. Uh, if you guys, whoever decides to listen or watch to uh, watch this, wants to hop in, I think maybe down the road we'll open up our Discord um, to have like a general chat for everybody to fuck around on. And um, at minimum, for questions or anything you guys would like us to discuss. Yeah, and, and even if you have um, gambling questions, uh, don't ask me about football. Maybe about soccer. Talk to Matt about football. And. Yeah, we may do something I a little more focused one, on that in the future too. It coming coming up yeah. here, like to start some weekends think, or something maybe. Yeah, I think maybe once we get through the NBA playoffs, we can start to talk a little bit more NFL betting. Um, it's going to be easier because literally basketball has consumed the last like what five to six weeks of my life entirely. Even both, like as the bubble progressed, that's kind of where like my shit went. But um, happy basketball, Matthew. Enjoy your finals. Uh, whichever the way the wind blows, I'm with you, my brother. You can, <laughs> you can always lean on me. And, and, and I hope the same is true for you, my man. Of course, of course. Uh, I love everyone. Matt loves you. And um, let's, fuck it. let's go Lakers, bro. Yeah, thank, thank, you, thank you guys for tuning in and watching the live stream tonight. Um, I will have a link on this page for Spotify, iTunes, whatever we decide to, to add everything onto. Um, exclamation mark music in the chat will give you a link directly to all of this man's musical projects um, yeah and that's it we'll see you guys next time appreciate it hell yeah awesome. and uh, go heat damn it